The Sky's Embrace, Chapter 4, The Edge of Descent Baco's voice boomed across the deck. Battle stations! All hands on deck! Battle stations! Akeen walked to the foreign railing of the aft castle to a series of cranks. He jerked the knot securing the first handle and turned its crank. Three high-pitched bells rang out throughout the deck of the ship. There was a brief pause as the present crew stared stunned at the klaxon. As he cranked the bell's mechanisms, three panels opened below the railing to reveal a red to arms insignia. The visual helped the crew establish their situation and orders. In Baco's many years of service, he had seen the insignia save more than a few lives. Akeen's gravelly voice barked as he glared at the deck. You heard the captain, you stone-footed louts! Get to your stations! There was an explosion of mu movement as the crew collectively sprung into action. Crewmen scrambled up and down the deck and the mast as they prepared themselves and the maiden for battle. Bakut's voice boomed across the deck again. Harness in! Prepare for rapid descent! Drop full canvas! Prime the ballista with scattershot! Ready your bows! Fill your quivers! Akeen cranked a few more handles to open up the panels of, with these insignia orders. Baco looked at the helmsman. Master Bromont, you will remain control of the helm. Bromont nodded as he ignored Spritz, who buzzed around his head in a zigzag of color. Aye, Captain. Baco glanced at an ornate structure with a series of tightly bound strings built into the very back of the aft castle. This panel, which was reminiscent of a harp in design if not function, was arguably the most crucial piece of equipment of the entire ship. It was tended by Isaac Jelovich, a portly bright-eyed youth who stared at Baco with a hopeful expression. Baco suppressed a smile. Continue tending to the harp, Master Jelovich. Jelovich smiled despite himself. Hi, Captain, he said with unfurled enthusiasm. Baco secured his harness to the railing in front of the signal handles. He watched a young sailor pluck a few strings deftly and felt the vibrations maintain their even tones below deck. He nodded in approval. Not that Jelovich saw it. He was too focused on his task at hand. In the central parts of the kingdom, very few sailors Jelovich's age would have gotten a chance to work the harp on a cloud ship. It was a highly coveted role. The harp panel was key to the cloud ship's ability to float in the air. The harp strings activated the residence chamber that comprised most of the ship's hold. The residence chamber was a hollow structure made of a unique lumber called harmony wood. When the harmony wood was exposed to the harp's vibrations, it repelled the pull of gravity. It was this mechanism that generated the ship's lift. Reasonably, Sailing guild officers were very choosy with whom they granted such an enormous responsibility. If a sailor played the harp too roughly, it would cause a rough ride, an undesirable and dangerous prospect to face so high in the air. Play it too clumsily, a harpist could damage or even fracture the residence chamber or capsize the ship, causing the crew to dangle from their lines or plummet to the land miles below. Baco, whose career had spanned many ships of the sky, quietly delighted in discovering Jelovich's affinity for the harp. Baco made sure he cultivated the young man's natural talent 
by increasing Jolovich's time at the harp. Jolovich, for his part, seemed to bask in it at every given opportunity. McKean said, If it pleases you, Captain, I'm going to help the crew prepare. Go right ahead, Lieutenant. We have things well in hand up here, said Mako. The young officer's scarred face broke into a quick grin. With a nod, he unhooked his harness's security line for the railing. For going the stairs, Akeem vaulted the railing and landed agilely on the deck. Without preamble, he started to call out orders. Set course for 15 degrees to port. His gravel-like cursing rung out over the crew's shouts. By the parent god's blighted eyes, what are you doing, Genta? Crawlin, cinch up that st- chest strap or you'll be finding yourself in the Sky Mother's holy embrace. The captain said scattershot, scattershot, not the harpoons, you dull-witted blights. As Akeen reached the middle of the deck, the door to the crew's quarters banged open as more men poured out. At their lead was Derek Hendricks, a powerfully built bald man wearing an apron, who towered above everyone else. He wiped his hands furiously on his apron as he looked around at the chaos with a half-smile. Just behind him was a wiry man with a gray beard and a tangled of braided dreadlocks that reached his back. Unlike the other sailors who typically sported short recurved bows, the older man held a longbow at his side. The weapon seemed to be as much a part of him as his left arm. This was Percival Spindell, who the crew referred to as Spider. Spider spotted Akeen first. He nudged Hendricks and the two headed towards the lieutenant. Spider gave an easy salute. Lieutenant, you find some trouble for us to handle? Akeen returned a quick salute. We just might have Spider. Think you can handle it? Spider patted a ballista in the middle of the deck. I'll see what I can manage. Hendricks cracked his knuckles. That's what I'm talking about. It's been some time since we peppered the side of something with some scatter shot. Akeen grinned. Well, try not to enjoy it too much, Derek. Hendricks snorted. <laughs> I can't make no promises, sir. The larger sailor then pulled a massive lever at the ballista's side with a loud kathunk. He and a few other sailors slid it into a centralized spot on the deck. He engaged the clamps beneath it and looked back at Spider for confirmation. The older man nodded. That'll do for now. Spider, who had more experience than anyone else, including the captain, at range combat, strode over and inspected another group of sailors setting up the second ballista on the forward deck. Akeen left them to their preparations. He dropped down a ladder that descended a small tunnel that led to the maiden's lower deck. As soon as he reached the bottom, Akeen clipped his harness to the guide bar mounted to the ship's belly. He stood on the platform that ran the length of the vessel. The deck itself was only a few paces wide and other than a small railing system, had an open view of the sky and the ground far below. The smaller crew stationed on the lower deck were already harnessed in and tending to the twin horizontal sails and a single ballista on the forward deck. Cornelius Benz approached him with an agility that belied his mass. His line slid on the bar in his wake as he strode up. Ambassador, how goes the preparations down here? Akeen asked. Ben didn't so much speak as intone his words as a declaration. My men have things well in hand, sir. 
We're investigating the smoke coming from the misdeeds, right? Akeen nodded. You have a good eye, Master Benz. I don't have anything but an aching back and heartburn, Lieutenant. The credit goes to my lookout, Master Pearson. He spotted the smoke and alerted me to it just before the klaxon rang. He pointed to a pot-marked youth holding a spyglass on his, to his eye on the forward deck. Master Pearson has keen eyes, then. Benz agreed. That he does, sir. He could spot the dimple on a maiden's buttock from a span off. A useful talent to have, Akeen joked. Benz flung an arm around Akeen and squeezed him tight. That it is, Lieutenant. But trust me, such attention to details could only lead the surveyor down two paths. Trouble or matrimony. Only two, Akeen acquired. It's only one in actuality, my young friend. When it comes to the blessed sex, it's all trouble. Matrimony only makes it a little more sanctioned. I see, said Akeen. You don't, my friend, but strapping young lad such as yourself will someday. Benz chuckled. More likely than not, you'll already be in a young lady's dimpled snare. Akeen smiled. I could think of worse traps. Benz laughed. <laughs> and that, my lad, is how they get you. On the above deck, movement on the main mast drew Bako's eyes. A slim, serene woman, adorned in robes of somber gray and rich blues, stepped off the ladder. Once her bare feet touched the deck, she lifted her head with eyes closed and inhaled deeply, as she took a moment to enjoy the breeze blowing through her abundant ebony hair. With a sigh, she opened her eyes and fixed Bako with her lilac-colored gaze. Bako's jaw tightened. Seemingly oblivious to the chaos going on around her, Stephanie Featherheart approached the aft castle. Baco waited expectantly. As the ship's wind singer, Stephanie's role was vital to the ship's day-to-day -day operation, but she was not technically a part of the crew. She belonged to the Mystic Guild of Windsingers sect. The Windsingers and the Sailing Guild had enjoyed an alliance since the days the first cloud ships took to the air. It was a partnership born out of necessity and mutual support and unrivaled by any other factions in Valenthral. The Sailing Guild gave the Windsingers a chance to get closer to their sky goddess, the Sema's sacred realm. In turn, the Windsingers would sing to Lysima and ask her for favorable winds to fill the cloud ship's sails. Still, having someone on their ship that wasn't necessarily subject to their authority did not sit well with some captains, Baco among them. Stephanie regarded him with an open smile that spread across her serene face. She spoke with a soft voice that seemed to be on the edge of, this, of a song. Your crew is in quite a fronted state, Captain Baco. Baco's back stiffened and his eyes narrowed for an instant before he schooled his expression. Stephanie's smile faltered as she noted his reaction. I apologize, Captain. I did not intend to give offense. Baco waved the remark away. And you did not give any, Windsinger. We are preparing to make haste. There's something on the horizon that needs investigating. She nodded sagely. I smell it in the air. I heard the crew say 
The lookouts have spotted smoke. Do you think it means trouble? As a king's western arm, we must ever be prepared for such eventualities, said Bako, looking past her at the horizon beyond. Yes, representing the king is important, but I shall leave matters of the royalty's interest in your capable hands. I am here on behalf of our goddess, Lasima. Bako arched an eyebrow. Indeed. I do not believe that the two interests are mutually exclusive, said Zephany. I'm sure, said Bako curtly. Zephany raised her own eyebrow. Is there something wrong, Captain? Not at all, Windsinger Featherheart. Any wind that you could request of the Mother of Skies would be deeply appreciated. Zephany fixed him with her purple eyes. He felt that her stare could penetrate his very soul. But Baka met her gaze evenly. A breeze blew across her face and Zephany averted her gaze and tilted her head as if listening to something he could not hear. She looked back at Bako, her serene smile reappeared, although it also seemed to have a note of sadness too. Do not worry, Captain Bako. I will sing to the Sky Mother and ask for her gentle favor on your behalf. Whether or not she will bestow it, she shrugged. Lasima excels her breath where she wills, but I shall ask at your behest all the same. Bako nodded. Thank you, Windsinger. Stephanie sauntered her way with a grace that belied her circumstances. Bako nodded as he always had, how the Windsinger, unlike the rest of her shipmates, did not wear a safety harness. Her robes whipped about her like a broiling thunderstorm. After a few steps, she raised her staff to the air and began to sing. The lyrics were strange and otherworldly. Her voice echoed with a peculiar resonance that was beyond the vocal range of her usual tone. The song grew in complexity. Her voice flowed from fluttering wisps like the wings of a butterfly to howling whistles like a breeze through a lonely canyon, only to be punctuated by booming shouts like thunder. Baco watched her performance transfixed as Stephanie's song flowed across the deck. The vein of her windfinder started to turn slowly as the winds at their back began to blow harder. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Skies Embrace. If you're interested in other works by Christopher Chansey, feel free to check out his website at ChristopherChansey.com or consider supporting him at Patreon.com slash Christopher Chansey. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky.